Good morning and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our Sunday morning services begin at 9 and 11 o'clock. May God bless you and we hope you enjoy the sermon. My name is Rodney, by the way. I am the new kid on the staff. I wasn't fishing for a hand clap, but that was made me feel very warm inside. My wife, Cindy, and the kids were here Monday. They've gone back to Virginia. We're still doing some packing, and we look forward to being here permanently in uh, the first part of August. I think it's August the 2nd. I talked to her on the phone. Uh, she said, I can't wait for you to get home. I said, I am home. You're in Virginia. And so... So uh, we actually have a place to stay. We've got uh, everything. In, in a few weeks, I'll be back with some boxes. Amen. Amen. I got around the world. We've got back some boxes. Amen. And a U-Haul. And, and everybody can come out and help us unpack that U-Haul. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Pizza for everybody. That's how it works. I, uh, I want to take us tonight to... Psalm 126, Psalm 126 in your Bibles, and uh, again, uh, we ask for continued prayer support as we pack up and move to Wakulla in the summer. I uh, I want to kind of launch off from the, the prayer that Pastor Henry and, and Brother Al brought earlier, and just acknowledge that we are definitely in a dynamic time in history. And I think sometimes we kind of joke around and we say things are tougher than they used to be. Or we, we talk about, you know, something in the past. But this is really uh, an unprecedented time. Uh, I almost think of it uh, as far as my age group, kind of a, a 9-11 time. There's so much stuff going on that uh, you just, you know, it's too much. And I, and I would just offer an encouragement to everyone. Uh, spend more time with this than you do with your, your news sources. Amen. Spend more time with this. Spend more time in the Word of God. You just want to, you want fair and balanced. This is, should be the, definitely the heavier way on your scale should be the Word of God. Amen? And I, I, as I reflected on that and kind of the place we are in history, I, I thought back to my first time here on the staff when I was a youth pastor and I was at Wakulla Middle School. We had great access to the schools and, and, and we had a ministry there and, and it was kind of the post 9-11 time. And these middle school students, we would get them together for prayer and we listened to them pray. And one of the things we kept hearing them pray over and over without being prompted is they would ask God for safety. They would ask God to to, for, for safety. And I, there's nothing wrong with that, but for sure. But, but I and the other youth pastors got to talking about it. And one of them did some research at the time. And I don't, I don't have the specifics. But that generation that came through 9-11, they began to, to see God as the one who could keep them safe in the world. And so I, it, it was, it was a known fact among youth uh, culture researchers of the time that the prayers of that age group involved a prayer for safety. My own children came just a little bit after that, and without prompting, my uh, my children prayed something, 
uh, that over and over became part of their prayer language. They would say, bless our bodies and keep us safe. My oldest son said that first, and then of course the next, you know, Jake, the next one came along, and he would say, bless our bodies and keep us safe. Anna Marie said, bless our bodies and keep us safe. If we pray at the mealtime, they say, bless our bodies and keep us safe. If we pray in our nighttime devotions as a family, they say, bless our bodies and keep us safe. If we pray together for any reason at all, morning, noon, or night, they will include that phrase, bless our bodies and keep us safe. It is not an exaggeration to say that in my household, my children, unprompted, have prayed, bless our bodies and keep us safe tens of thousands of times. Now, I'm not saying that that's the healthiest thing in the world, but I'm saying that there's a generation of young people who feel like there's some need to have their bodies be blessed and kept safe. And as a church, we need to look at that and say, what is going on? What is it that, that the young people are crying out for? Bless our bodies and keep us safe. And, 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 and it, it, it just cries out that there's a generation that seeks for God to intervene in the practical safety of their lives. And all of this is a reflection of the kind of battles that are going on in the heavenlies. All of these things are a reflection that, that, that in, in our flesh world around us, people don't love the truth. And people are not turning from their wicked ways. And it seems we've hit a much larger bump in our nation than any of us are used to. Amen. I thought I could find just a shred of comfort from my dad. My dad's 77 years old. And I said, have you ever been quarantined for, for a month or three months? Or he said, no. He said, when we were young and kids, he said, we had, you know, polio outbreaks and they would shut the movie theater for a little while. But that was about it. I have yet to find anybody who can point back to a, a time in history, a living person now, who can point back to a time in history and say, yeah, we, we've lived through something just like you're living through right now. So we are in unprecedented times. I know that's not a newsflash to anybody, but I, I want to acknowledge that that uh, just like Pastor Henry said, and I, I understand where we're at. I understand that that there's so many things going on around us that you can't possibly come and and and, and, and solve all of those things in just a brief moment of time. But I do want to say this. Just like a good preacher exegetes the scripture and brings you a word of God by digging into the word, that's a, that's good exegetical work. We need to exegete the culture around us. We need to look in and see what is it that we need to be addressing in, a, in my neighbor next door. What is it that I need to be addressing uh, uh, in the people around me? Uh, our pastor in uh, Virginia says that uh, the, the number one barrier... Uh, to to reaching people in the suburbs is the garage door. People people drive home, they push the button, the garage door goes up, they go inside, door comes back down, no access. It's a, a continuous unbroken chain that goes from the from this house to work and back. Don't touch me, don't mess with me. I'm not available for a conversation going on. I'm not gathering with you. I'm not doing so. Somehow we've got to. To, to exegete this culture and get in there with the word of God. Because we know we serve a God of victory. We know we serve a God who can overcome these things. But we 
can go to the word and ask, what is God's nature in difficult times? Now, I want to take you to our psalm, Psalm 126. And in this psalm, it's a, it's a psalm of ascent. A psalm of ascent. One of the, the kind of small islands of, of tiny psalms that are just outside the great continent of uh, Psalm 119, the largest chapter in the Bible. So here we go. Psalm 126. It is a going up psalm. Coming back from captivity. Going into Jerusalem. Verse 1. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in, streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Can we take a moment, bow, and pray together? Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I just ask to be your secretary in this house for just a few moments to write down your words on the hearts of the people. May we hear and be changed, and because we're changed, may we serve you better and love you better and worship you stronger and experience just a little bit more of you. Thank you for a refreshing time of worship. Thank you for gathering together, uh, it, it, even distanced out, God. Thank you that we're here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for family. Thank you for your precious word tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I took my brother out. He relocated to, to the Tucson, Arizona area. And we went back in February. I had never been that far west. And I had one goal. And that was to see a cactus in person for the first time in my life. I had never seen a cactus. Now, I've seen, you know, the cactus you can buy at Lowe's or something like that. But I had never been to the desert. And I just, I mean, I really had a notion that... The desert is where I wanted to be. Like, I need to see this. I've lived in Florida my whole life. The furthest west I've been, I think it's Colorado. I said, I'm going out west. This is going to be great. And I really didn't care if it was hot or dry or anything else. I just want to see the desert. And so I go out there. And one of the first, if you've been to this uh, region of the country, you'll know some of the stuff that I'm so impressed about that I've never seen before. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed was is they have bridges over nothing. It looks like there's supposed to be a river there, but it's not there. They're washes is what they call them. And these washes is where the water fall, comes down the mountain. And, and once it comes down, it, it gathers and, and little rivulets turn into streams and streams turn into these washout river things. And so when it rains, all of it gathers up and whoosh, you've got a river. So the bridge is there so that later the water can come through. But it's really something to see when it's, it's not, it's not uh, raining. Well, it rained. It was springtime. It actually was chilly in the desert. Uh, it was springtime. Everything bloomed. The, the desert was absolutely green while I was there. It was not dry and dusty and all of those things. And it rained. And that water would, would join up and join up and join up and join up. Little trickles into more and more and more and more. Until finally it, it washed right under that place where it was supposed to. It was really pretty fascinating to see 
And I know it causes floods and other things, but it's pretty, it, 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 it did that day. It's pretty great. It's pretty, pretty interesting to see. This passage illuminates a, a, a scenario where they are envisioning the flowing of these, the, these uh, exiles returning from Babylon, flowing back into Jerusalem. That's how they see themselves. The, the song paints a picture of a, a mass of humanity flowing up to Jerusalem like waters flowing to a stream. And it was so striking to them that they said it was like a dream. It was like a dream. It's, it's, it's one of those things, have you ever been there before where you're like, am I really here? Like, this is so amazing. Have you been in a circumstance before? Like, somebody pinched me. Like, what's going on? It, it was that kind of situation. It was like a dream. And it was something, it was because their heart had been, their, their, their hearts had been rescued. The, the prayer for rescue had been answered. In Judges 10, 15, it says, the people of Israel said to the Lord, uh, just deliver us this day. And they were being delivered. Rescue me, God. Rescue me, God. Just rescue me. Have you ever prayed that? Rescue me, God, do you need to pray that? Yes. Rescue me, God. So there's this celebratory nature to this song, but it paints this striking picture that we have been rescued, but it wasn't easy. We've been rescued, but it wasn't easy. The first part of the song tells the good news, but there was tears and there was work. There was effort that went with it. Our passage, and I'm just going to repeat a little bit in the first part. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, that's when he rescued them. We were like those who dream. In parentheses, I've kind of got you know my thought on this, but uh, I imagine them saying, we don't want to say that we couldn't believe it, but it was unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. And then they said among the nations, Come on. the outsiders even noticed how good it was among God's people. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Even the pagans can see when something's going on inside the church. Amen. Amen. Right. Even the world can take a look and they can see God's doing something over there. I, what's going on in the church? I don't know. I'm not a believer, but something is happening over there. Uh, even the world can see something's going on. The, the nations, they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Now their eyes get a little bit wider. The chin goes up a little bit higher. And they say... The Lord has done great things for us. The Lord has done great things for us. We are God. What a motto. What a motto. What a t-shirt to be wearing on your way back from captivity. We are glad. What's up with you people? You've been gone a long time. Well, we've been set free. How do you feel? Glad. That's all you need to know. We are glad. We are glad. We are glad. We don't have a fancy motto. We don't have a, a pretty logo that we can put on that. We got three words. Maybe use a contraction. It's only two. We're glad. Amen. We're glad. So the next half of that says, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those are the, the streams to the south. Those who sow in tears. Uh, and, and I have to stop here. Sowing in tears. 
sowing in tears. We had this conversation, Brother Al, was, we had a meeting about some ministry things uh, with, with uh, Brother Bill was there, Pastor Chuck was there. We were, we were talking about uh, the concept was uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, have, you, have you ever taken some kind of spiritual gifts test? And, you know, those things are fine. They're wonderful. I said, but I got one question for you that will answer. What's my spiritual gift? What breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? If you want to find out where you can be used in the church, just ask yourself, what breaks my heart? What, what draws tears out? What gets you so passionate and so involved that the emotions that God has given you become part of the equation? Do you weep for the lost? Do you weep for the hurting? Do you weep for the broken in body? Who is it that, 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 that a tear can come forth because God wants to do something? Where is it inside of you that, that there will be sowing in tears, planting seeds with tears? Think of this precious picture of a farmer. He's thinking about, man, I, we got to get this right if I'm going to feed my family. And he's sowing in tears. This is the language of this song of a sin going back into Jerusalem. He who goes out weeping, and, and, and trust me, church, not weeping just for the man-made institutions around us that are taking a hit. Uh, 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 I'm talking about weeping uh, uh, for the, our failure to establish the presence of God everywhere that it's supposed to be. See, put me on staff and start preaching too hard. I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up. That's what God's called us to do. Amen. Establish His presence where two or more are gathered in my name. Then church, we need to be gathered up and establishing that presence. And so God's got a message for us here. And it says they're bearing the seed for sowing. Talking about the perseverance and the, the patience and not giving up on God's plan. And I, I'm just going to say, I get weary too. Amen. I get weary. And then external stuff. So that's before coronavirus. Amen. I'm talking about just me being me. I get weary. But then you've got external circumstances that come in. Persevere. Bearing the seed for sowing. And it says, they shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Rejoicing, church. Shouts of joy. Sowing in tears and rejoicing in the Lord when it comes to fruition. Sowing in tears and waiting for it to grow up out of the ground. First a little blade of, a, of some kind of plant comes forward and, and then a shoot comes up from that. And then a little bit more. Come on, I, we get our groceries at Winn-Dixie. We don't know anything about that because we're separated from the whole process. But there have been people, God's people, who sowed into the ground completely dependent that God would come through to feed them the next year. They sowed in tears. And those tears come from a dependence on God. When God spoke to Moses from the burning bush, he addressed the whole needs of the children of Israel and their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And he didn't miss anything. 
He, God said in Exodus 3 eight, he said, I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And what did God do? He delivered them to a place of plenty, of abundance for their body, of milk and honey, a place where they'd be well fed. And that deliverance speaks to the fact that he kept them protected. He got them out of a place of danger and put them in a place of safety. Church, what did he do? He blessed their bodies and he kept them safe. Amen. And I believe he wants to do that for us. Bless our bodies and keep us safe. Bless our bodies and keep us safe. He is a good God. He's a good God. We go ahead and bow your heads with me this evening. Jesus, I feel it. Do you sense the presence of the Lord tonight? He is spe- I, and I guarantee He's speaking to your neighbor a little bit different than He's speaking to you, okay? Because we, we're kind of like the disciples uh, in John chapter 21, and, and, and Jesus has already uh, been dead, buried, resurrected, ascended to the right hand of the Father, He's come back. All of those things are going on. They're all over the place with their uh, reactions to that. One of the one of their number has committed suicide. They can't catch any fish. I mean, they're just all over the place. In one boat, you got a lot of different things going on. And in this room tonight, we got a lot of different things going on. And I can't list all of them. Right. But I know there's a holy God, and by His Holy Spirit, He wants to minister to you tonight. Yeah. And just briefly, I'm going to ask for you just to, just, just to, in a sign of, 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 of uh, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to put it that way. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment. If you need something specific from the Lord. Yes. He's spoken to you during this message and you say, me, that's me. But before I do that, I want to read this one little passage of scripture. This is. Psalm 34, and it says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Jesus said of himself, he said, I've come to bind up the brokenhearted church. He wouldn't have said that if there weren't brokenhearted people to bind up. If there weren't broken hearts that needed binding up. And so tonight I just ask, would you just, in a show of... uh, uh, unity that that's something you need you say I, I got a need and I want God to meet it tonight before I leave out of this building would you just raise your hand real fast and say that's me that is me that is me that, I'm, I'm going to let you keep it up for just a second that's me pray 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 and if you haven't raised your hands and you're feeling good then I'm going to ask you to join me and pray but we got a lot of hands up tonight and we're going to pray and bless some people and the power of God we just pray right now Heavenly Father there are those in this room and they may have broken hearts or broken bodies I don't know what's going on in each situation there's so much God but we are not overwhelmed by those things because we have the power of God moving through us Pressed but not crushed. Persecuted and not uh, defeated, God. That's us. That's the children of God. And we respond tonight in strength because we have your strength. And for those of you with your hands raised right now, I just, uh, I, I pray. Heavenly Father, with everything you give me, the authority to extend a blessing to the church of River of Life, God. Will you move by your power on every unique circumstance? 
everyone died. I bet every person here tonight would say, I got this unique thing. There's no way I could get to the bottom of it, God, but you can. And by your Holy Spirit, will you bless your children tonight? Those who have extended hands and say, I got a need, God, will you move on them tonight? By your power and your strength and by your mighty name. Do you receive it tonight? Just say amen. We receive it, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.